the soup is too hot. The first words from Albert Einstein and how they can make you a better manager. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Welcome, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you, my friend. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast where we talk about how to use coaching to really grow people and have them Mm -hmm. move into their potential right individuals and also organizations right absolutely and uh, that's one of the things that i do for a living is help organizations improve their performance all over the organization and i've been doing it for a number of years now and just love doing it actually going to tell a great story here today about a manager who had some great success over the last few months working with one of her employees and not to uh get sidetracked or anything but when you talk about potential you mean people really becoming a better um, employee, better team member, but mm-hmm. also the financial results of an organization. All of it. Yeah, absolutely. Today we're going to talk about a story where um, an employee wasn't hitting their goals and the manager was able to coach with them and help them to hit their goals. And it made a huge success or huge impact on that organization. And also a better uh, impact with regards to the team. You know, the team, when you've got one member of your team that's not performing at the highest level, everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. They know they're not doing it. And so it's that manager's responsibility to have it intervene, to have that conversation with that person that sometimes this is a challenging conversation, but if you do it the way that we teach, it doesn't have to be a difficult conversation. It just has to be a heartfelt, right. caring, important conversation, and then you can go forward. Well, those are tough environments to work in when people don't feel engaged and empowered. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to your story. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, we started here talking about the soup is hot. And Ooh, yes, <laughs> that's good. And now we've both had dinner, and so we don't have to worry about being hungry while <laughs> right. we talk about this one. Right. Uh, but for those of you out there that are listening now and you might be a little hungry, I understand that the, super hot, the soup is hot may make you a little hungry. Uh, but I was reading a coaching book, and one of the first stories they had in this was actually about Albert Einstein. And the first words that he said were, actually, the soup is hot. He didn't speak till he's about four or five years old. And one night during dinner, Albert spoke his first words, and he said, the soup is too hot. And his parents were just astonished, and they'd never heard him say a single word before or anything like that. And they asked him, you know, why now? Why are you talking now? And he goes, well, everything was kind of an, up to order until now. So he was fine. No no reason to complain. And so, you know, uh, so and just to have such an incredibly great mind, his first comment to be out of, out of his mouth was a complaint. The soup's too hot. Mm-hmm. But the reason I tell that story is so many managers actually do the soup is too hot kind of concept. Uh, they wait and wait and wait and to deal with an issue, and then it's a real issue, and then they've got to go back and really fix it. And so they wait till to serve their their feedback until it's almost too hot. And you've got to dial it back in order to do your feedback at an appropriate time and in an appropriate fashion. Do you think it's because um, managers believe that their job is to correct people as opposed to coach people all the way around? Right. I mean, that's the first thing that we're taught, I think, as managers is uh, your job is to make sure that the the place works that mm-hmm. and then if there's a problem if there's a complaint by a customer or somebody else has a complaint that you fix that complaint rather than working with people to help them reach their highest potential and their highest performance mm-hmm. and so most of the things that managers work with you know they work with interpersonal conflict communication problems gossip bullying bullying harassment discrimination low motivation and job satisfaction performance issues poor job fit all of those are things that the managers typically work on 
and it just isn't you know it's it, it those are the problems and certainly you you've got to address those problems if those are happening in your workplace you've got to address them but you also want to make sure that you're working on helping people achieve their highest level of performance and the the coach usually waits too long on the positive and the constructive is yeah. it's kind of this theory is what you're saying right uh, yeah i mean that's exactly right. They don't give enough positive feedback to folks, but they also wait way too long to deal with the issues that are the challenging issues. And, the, and then going back to Albert Einstein's story, as he got older, when he was in school, obviously is a brilliant individual and just a brilliant mind. And when he was in high school, they taught him to just memorize things and spew them back. And that wasn't how Albert Einstein wanted to think. Mm-hmm. He wanted to ask lots of questions. But in the schools where he was at in Germany, uh, in the you know before the turn of the 1900s, you're not supposed to ask questions. Just mm-hmm. memorize it, learn it, spew it out, and that's education. And he liked the Socratic method much better. He liked the 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 approach of asking questions so he could get better. It, it, isn't it true that that's kind of how our education system is? It was all based on that. Absolutely. I mean, the kindergarten, right? Right. Yeah. Just yeah. Just memorize this. Yeah. Memorize your ABCs. Memorize the numbers memorize the formulas whatever it is uh you know it's just memorization and then spewing back the facts whereas we really want people to think mm-hmm. and to process uh just thinking about uh, ernest shackleton i did a speech this last week on ernest shackleton for mm-hmm. a group and he also didn't like the education system he didn't like being taught facts he wanted to know what was the flavor of an individual what made them tick what drove them what was important about them rather than Albert Einstein was born in Germany. You know, yeah. what made Albert Einstein tick would be something that Ernest Shackleton would like. So the, the famous people that I've studied didn't like the basic process of education, of just spewing things. They wanted to know why this happened. What was the background? What was important about this? Why does it fit into human history the way it does, rather than just remembering facts? So and, that, and that question process is part of coaching. Absolutely. Right? It's yeah. the foundation of coaching. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons it's probably – inherently difficult for folks to learn how to coach is because the education system focuses so much or it has in the past on just spewing facts Mm -hmm. now they are teaching uh, they are teaching teachers the coaching process they are teaching principals the coaching process and you see that happening it's a great model for us to go forward with but up to this point you know you and i when we went to school it was memorization spewing back the facts spelling bees all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things and they still do that today but it's just so important to ask questions to get to find out what's going on with folks. Mm-hmm. So the first one we're going to talk about here is just a, a manager. Uh, sh- I was working with a management team, and uh, I said, what's the success story? And one of the managers had a great success story about one of her employees that was in their call center, but she was performing at half of the performance of the team. Oh, boy. So you know how that can be. I mean, you just imagine if you were on a team mm-hmm. and you've got one team member that's producing less than half of what the other team members are, you know, the word gets out, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And have you ever worked on a team where that's happened, where you've got one person that's not sure. doing it and everybody at the coffee, at the, you know, the water cooler or the coffee pot, everybody's going, oh my gosh, I wish XYZ would pick it up. Mm-hmm. I wish they would carry their weight. Right. And I've, I've seen examples where people are not pulling their weight, um, out of their bad attitude, but also just um, maybe the wrong job fit, but also, mm-hmm. I mean, they're great people, but they just aren't aren't hitting where they need to hit because they don't know where they need to hit. Right. And, and, and what I found most of the time with the folks that I've coached is 99% of the time, it's not bad intent. It's right. just 
they don't know what to do or they haven't been told mm -hmm. or the manager hasn't come to them and said, hey, the soup's too hot. Okay. You know, we need to fix this. <laughs> we, need, we need to have this conversation. So the manager started looking at her statistics and her data, and she admitted to me readily that she had seen this person's production fall, but didn't have that discussion, didn't have that, that conversation. She, too, was like Albert Einstein. He waited years to say his first words, the soup is too hot. She waited a long time to say anything to this employee that, oh, guess what? You need to address this. So the first thing that she did is she you know, got the uh, statistics together and she showed the manager, or she sh excuse me, she showed the employee and she compared the statistics to their peers. How did she go about getting all the, the data and statistics? Well, you know, they've got a call center reporting module. Okay. And so it actually records how many phone calls each employee takes and how long it is, who they talk to. Okay. You can actually go back and listen to the conversation, which is a great tool for call centers to do. Mm -hmm. And so then when she started looking at the statistics, you know, she at first she didn't want to have the conversation. She goes, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, I just don't want to get to that point. But she realized that as the, the performance continued to decline, that she's got to address it or her manager is going to say, you know, tell me about X, Y, Z. Why aren't they performing? So uh, the first thing she did, she showed the, the employee the averages of those calls. Okay. And I heard a great quote this week that I said that, uh, that I heard a great quote recently that said, Comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true, though? It is absolutely true. But it's not a bad thing either because, you know, this employee was apparently in the joyful land of producing half oh. of what she should have been. Mm -hmm. So we probably should rob that joy and use a comparison to say, where are you going forward? So she wanted to take the joy out of that and say, how do you get there? So the manager actually showed her where her goal was and that process. And one of the first things that she did is she asked a great question. The manager asked her, tell me about your perception of the goal mm. and how have you compared your peers? And so she just basically gave her the data and said, how do you compare? So then you, she didn't have to say to her, you know, you're halfway here, you're halfway down. That employee can read that data. And, and here's the thing that was amazing is the employee readily admitted to her. She goes, I was wondering when you're going to have this conversation with me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, she knew she was behind. Uh -huh. She knew she wasn't up to standards. She knew that she was not hitting the goal and she was just surprised that it took so long for the manager to have that conversation mm. so that employee didn't go to her manager and say hey i'm way behind the goal you should probably help me here so that was an important key in that process so she gathered the data and then mm -hmm. she sat down with the employee right. and asked what what's your perception of this exactly what's your perception of this so i think that's a key thing as opposed to hey look at this data it's you're wrong or right. you're not doing it right right you're gathering more information by talking to. Absolutely. Yeah. You're asking them their perception because mm -hmm. telling someone they're wrong or telling someone that they're performing poorly doesn't really resonate right. with them. And this, this one, like most, knew it already. Oh, yeah. She knew that she yeah. wasn't performing well. The manager needed to find out what was driving that, what was the issues or what was the, the challenges that she had. Because we've talked about this formula a lot, P equals P minus I. Performance equals potential minus interference. And so what was the interference? And that's when she came back and the manager asked her to tell her about her perception of the goal, which was, you know, that is the important key is what is your perception of the goal? And she asked her another follow-up question and she said, what is keeping you from your goal? Okay. And I think that's a great question. Yeah. And so at first the employee didn't know. She had to actually think about it and goes, to be honest with you, I don't know. I really don't know what's happening. So then they started to go into the data in greater detail, and they discovered that she's having phone calls 
that are twice as long as the average phone call for other employees. Mm, okay. So her desire at tremendous granular detail, because she wanted to be so precise and she wanted to be so granular, she was spending so much time with the member, she was spending more time than probably what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And so then they started thinking about, okay, how can you shorten those phone calls and what's happening there? They also realized that between calls, when you've got to you know, send out an email or you've had a conversation, they also discovered that, guess what? She was also spending probably twice the amount of time as other folks were doing on answering the emails. Because you've, you've got a phone call, you've got a follow-up, you might need to send information to another employee, and that employee might need to get back to that person. So she had to ask her, you know, what's happening there? And she began to think about it, and she goes, hmm, that's a really good question. And so they actually took another break there where she, the employee began to step back and say, okay, what am I doing in that time frame that's different? And she came back to the, the manager and said, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I think what I'm doing is I'm spending more time on my email. So let's, you know, can we pull up the data to see how much time I spend on producing the emails? And guess what? That also was longer okay. than her peers. So she began to ask her, on the emails, give me your an exa- example of your emails. And so they pulled about 20 or 25 of her emails. And what they found is, guess what? She's writing an email every time rather than pulling a template that's auto-prepared oh. for that issue. So she's trying to be creative. She's trying to write a new novel every time when she could, in fact, just cut, copy, and paste, and plagiarize, uh-huh. which was completely legal and actually right. encouraged in this process. So now she realized that she's being too granular on the conversations and that she's being too precise on her emails. And when she decided to change that process, guess what? She was able to hit the goal. I really like this approach because it's finding the information, then seeking more of the employee's perception, and then working together to Mm -hmm. figure out what the issue is. It sounds like they were trying to solve a puzzle or mm-hmm. solve a mystery together, right. not you better get in line by next month or else. Right. Because the manager clearly, you know, she's been through this coaching process so much and she's seen other managers do this effectively. And this is the first great success story she's told me, but she realizes it's us against the problem, yes. not against us against each other. Yeah. So how can we address what that employee's perception is that's keeping them from it? The employee wanted to perform, and the employee wants to be a great employee, Mm -hmm. and they've been there for a long time, and so they don't want to get fired from the organization. They feel very comfortable there. They want to retire there, but she just didn't know how she had slipped into bad habits, and the bad habits were talking too long on the phone, getting too much information from from that consumer, having conversations that are too long, and then going into too much detail uh, on the emails and not just using the templates so that she can actually speed up the process. Once she did that, Within a month, she was actually at 99% of the goal. Yeah. And then within two months, she was actually at 100% of the goal. Very good. So it was a huge success story in that regard. And I just love that aspect of what that manager did. And when she told me uh, that story, it was just a great story. I mean, it truly is a great coaching success story. It also sounds like that coach didn't um, really hurt what really drove that employee or that team member because it sounded like that person really cared about customer right. interaction right. and um, mm-hmm. listening to 
to the customer. Right. And that wasn't beat out of them either. No, no, no. <laughs> you know I, I mean? mean, right. You've got somebody who really cares and they're empathetic towards the person they're working yeah. with. And you want that level of empathy, particularly mm-hmm. when a problem person calls up, they've got a real problem. I mean, you know, when you call a call center and you can tell that person doesn't oh, yeah. care, uh-huh. it's like, oh man, just give me somebody that's got right. a pulse. Give me somebody that's got a heartbeat. Well, here you've got an employee that's got a heartbeat. But they also recognize they've got to hit a certain target of how many goals, how many phone yeah. calls they have every month, and how many emails they put out, and how long they take on those emails. Those are all monitored, and they've got to be within those parameters. Once she realized what she was doing and that she had gone outside those parameters because her empathy was taking over, and we want people to be empathetic. There's no question right. about it. But you've also got to measure that against your performance and your production. Right. You, you solve the problem without beating the empathy out of her, like a lot of, like a lot of bosses would do. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to carry about. You got to worry about the number of phone calls. You got to worry about the number of emails. Don't worry about the consumer. Well, mm-hmm. wrong. Right. Consumers got to be number one. That's right. Because people feel that they mm-hmm. know when somebody doesn't care about them as a human being. Mm-hmm. And this person, this employee, clearly cared about this human being. And so the point that you made, in which I love the way you said that, she did. They didn't beat the empathy out of her. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and that's the and that's the key to success is don't beat the empathy out of your employee, but asking questions that really have a positive impact. Yeah. That, that's a that's a great story. I, I like that because it, it um, they solved the mystery together mm-hmm. and they kept what's uh, unique about that individual. Right. And so I just want to kind of recap the question she yeah. used because it's so important for us when we're working with an employee. Can we use these questions to make sure that we're all on the same same hymnal, same page? And so she asked the employee, you know, what's your perception of the goal? Basically asking her, do you think the coal's too hard? Do you think it's too difficult? And she said, no, it's really not too difficult. It's just you know, something's holding me back from that. And she didn't know at that point. She, her intent was to care about the consumer. Her intent was not to be a difficult employee. So they, she then asked her, you know, what's keeping you from your goal? What's happening? So they started to go more granular. How long are you on your phone calls? How long are you making emails? Then they go ahead and they pulled all of the emails and they looked at a sampling of her emails and they realized that she wasn't using the template, that she was actually trying to be William Shakespeare and write a new play every time that she was there. So that's an incredibly challenging thing. So the manager also asked her this question. I don't know if we talked about it earlier, but the manager asked her, said, what do you need to give up in order to hit your goal? And what she had to give up was not using, you know, to writing it herself, give up writing everything yourself, use the templates, forget your own style, use the template, use that as a foundation. You can fill in, you can give it a little flavor but use the template to really make the process faster and smoother. Again, an important question because it moves the thought bubble to the employee mm-hmm. and they come up with the solution that you use a coach may already know, but once they come up with it, they're going to own it. Right. They're, they're going to own it. They're also gonna be more engaged. Right. Uh, you know, if she said, you've got to stop this, you've got to quit doing this. Yeah. You're not doing this. Uh, you've got to start hitting a hundred. Well, she's going to go, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, when you get defensive, you freeze. But when you've got somebody who is helping you uncover the problem, you're open to more creativity or more processes, more eye-opening, how can we do this, rather than trying to be defensive and saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busting my tail here. I'm doing the best I can. I don't know what's holding me back. Well, that is a very good story. If people want to know more stories mm-hmm. from you, Stories with Rory's. That, that's our next podcast. <laughs> that's folks. what she should do is Stories with Rory. But they can certainly get a hold of me. Yes. There's two things that we're offering now for folks that are listening to the podcast. One is Coaching Manager University. Coaching Manager University. It's coachingmanager.university. Um, we've got a 
full-blown 52-module program there where they can learn to coach more effectively, and we take them through those tools. So if they want to get a hold of us there, they can certainly go to Coach Advantage University and get our contact information there, and we can show them how they can be better and more effective coaches. Uh, the other thing is they can certainly go to my website, RoryRoland.com, and they can contact us there. I do speeches on coaching skills, on leadership skills all over the country. Uh, this last month and a half, I have been traveling like a madman. So it is good that the season is starting to dial down and we're starting to look towards the holidays. Yeah, and, but we're going to do some podcasts about just some stories of you on the road. Rory, <laughs> we, Rory's, story, Rory, Rory's stories from the road. We, cert, we as, a, as kind of a midweek bonus, we should yeah, do we should stories do from the road. Yeah. Just uh, the travel stories this, uh, this last uh, fall season. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, I can't wait to hear about it, and uh, we'll see you next time, okay? Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.